1: it's all over the place in here i I'm, I told uh, everyone I'm in a vortex um, but yes thank you Sarah thank you uh, for for inviting me up here uh, on a morning because I typically do Wednesdays from one to two and my jam is relationships and I think you know every time that I get a chance to talk about relationships I'm excited because there's so many different facets. And there's so many different elements of relationships. And I did get my start talking about romantic relationships. I was on Married at First Sight for a couple of seasons, marrying strangers, uh, which was an experience that I'm I'm not gonna dive into today, but it certainly was an experience. But I also was a lawyer uh, for several years and I was a mediator. And I really focused on helping people resolve. And so I've seen the gamut of so many different elements of relationships for my entire adult life and have really studied relationships for the past 10 years, learning more so about what makes people tick and what makes them work. And what I'd love to really focus on today and then open it up because I think that there's just so much knowledge in this room and so much ability to share and really grow together is talking about effort Because we talk about, we want these relationships. And you'll hear relationships mentioned so often in this room and so often on other stages in Clubhouse where people say, it's all about the relationships, it's all about the relationships. But what kind of effort are we putting into these relationships? And what I want you to think about today as as we dive into this and dive into effort is, is there a relationship that you'll regret not putting more effort into? Is there a relationship in your life? Is it professional? Is it personal? Is it a romantic relationship that you will regret at some point not putting more effort into? Because effort is what you can control. How you show up in your relationships is something that you can control. We can't control the other people in our lives, but we can control how we show up. And we can control how powerfully we show up. And we can control the energy and the effort and this intensity that we put into our relationships. I want to tell you a story that, that gets me every time. So if I tear up, I apologize ahead of time. But I am a single parent. Uh, I am engaged to the love of my life right now. And we have uh, a blending family. The reason why I am I'm semi-homeless right now is because we are blending our families together. And After four years, we've decided to get a house and really start to build our next chapter together. And it took a while to get there because we were both so protective of our children and so protective of our relationship that we didn't want to build anything without a strong foundation. And my fiance, who was an amazing man, wanted to make sure that his boys were protected in a way that I, I was able to show up and not feel like I'm taking the place of anyone or I'm taking space from him. But he also felt that way about my children. And so a couple years ago, my daughter was doing uh, community theater. So we live in Jersey and Spring Lake Theater Company puts on these amazing shows. There are those shows that people come down from New York uh, to star in and they keep them until 11 o'clock at night practicing. And she was in Scrooge as uh, one of the choir girls. And so she's. I guess she was about eight years old at the time, and she was still sleeping with her lamby and blanket. So she got a lamy. I think it was the first plush toy that she ever had when she was a baby. And the thing is still in her bed, her bed at 11, and it is now gray and dilapidated. And you know when like something has gone through the wash so many times, and it's just kind of compressed, and you're not even sure what kind of animal, animal it is anymore. But she still has, and it. it's still so important to her. She always slept with her lamby and blanket. And so we were getting into Tech Week. So anyone who's been in theater realizes that Tech Week is pretty much terror on everybody involved and definitely on the parents that are involved as stage parents that have to make sure they pick up their child uh, with enough time to take them home so they can sleep and go do it all again the next day. So we're in Tech Week, and my fiancé's place was about a half a mile from the theater. So we said, you know, why don't we, we spend some time there? So I picked my daughter up. It was 11 o'clock at night. She's eight years old. All I cared about was getting her sleep. Come back home to our house, which is about 15 minutes away from the theater the next day. And he popped over and she was already in bed. And it was 10 o'clock at night. At this point, she comes downstairs really upset and says, Mom, I, I don't have Lamy." Like, I don't know how I'm going to sleep. And I was like, okay, honey, I'm going to go find another stuffed animal. We only have buckets of them over here. How about bear or dog? We don't name our things other than actually the animals that they are. So we're really original in that way. And she said, no, I really want lambing. I go upstairs and I kind of get her to calm down. And by the time I get downstairs, I see Kevin's car leaving my driveway. And I was like, what is he doing? And so... I ended up just waiting on the couch. I texted him, but of course he left his phone at my house. And he comes back a half an hour later, because granted we're about 15 minutes apart, and it's now 11 o'clock at night, and he's holding Lammy and Blanket. (laughs) And this is when I get kind of emotional. And he said to me, he said, I always want her to know that I'm going to go above and beyond for her. I always want her to know that I'm going to put in all of the effort. That is necessary. Oh my I've told this story before, but oh my gosh, not in a while. It gets to me. (laughs) I'm sorry. And so she was able to sleep with her lamian blanket because he was willing to leave at 10 o'clock at night. You know that man just wanted to sit down, maybe have a beer or a bourbon and watch, you know, Bachelor because that's what I forced him to watch. But instead he was driving back to his home to get a stuffed animal that doesn't even look like a stuffed animal anymore because he wanted her to know that he is always going to put in the effort. And it just always stuck with me. This always sticks with me is how important that was, how important that was in the moment for her and their relationship, but how often we don't go above and beyond. We don't put that extra effort in because it's not convenient. We don't put that effort into our personal relationships. We don't put it into our professional relationships as much as that was a story about a very personal relationship. There's so many relationships that we don't go above and beyond for, whether it's sales, Professional relationships, this happens all the time. I was reading statistics the other day, and I've I've spoken about this before at conferences. When someone's email or phone call is ignored, 44% of salespeople give up after one attempt. Only 8% follow up more than five times. But the the beauty is in the follow-up. Most people aren't committing to a sale or committing to this relationship from a professional level until after the fifth contact. Yet our effort does not result in anything when we are not willing to go the distance and put that extra effort in and to make those contacts, even if you're getting ignored, which happens in those professional settings. I see it also on situations like Clubhouse where, you know, you'll have somebody reach out and I'm the worst at this. So I'm going to publicly apologize to people who have DM'd me. If it gets buried, it's so hard to come back and try to find things. Sometimes Instagram deletes it. So... You have to be able to be willing to put the effort in to build those relationships beyond just that first try, beyond that just that first moment. Because the proof is that it begins to build after the follow up, after the effort. But we're not putting in the effort into our relationships in a way that it's going to bear fruit. We're not putting the effort into our relationships in a way that it's going to actually build anything or sell anything or connect with anyone talking more about romantic relationships, partnership, because how you do one relationship can affect all your other relationships. Can I get a flash of mics for people who have been affected in their professional life by their personal relationships, by the things going on in their personal relationships, right? It's impossible to disconnect from your personal life. We are human beings. We are being in all of areas of our life. We are beings that have emotions and impact and energy. And if you are having trouble in your personal romantic relationships, it's going to affect everything around you. I know how I am. (laughs) If we are having a disagreement about something or I'm upset about something, I always call it the, the foot on the chest. Do I have a foot on my chest? Because that means that I have something that I have to talk through. means I have something I need to work through. It's something that we actually need to sit down and talk about. And when I have that foot on my chest, I can't do anything else. I can't focus on my business. I can't focus on my writing. I can't focus on my work. I have to focus on settling the most important element of my life, which is that relationship and my family. So there's a lot of research. I'm a big, big nerd. So anytime you hear me, I'm going to cite studies and I'm going to get into the research because I am about data and I love being able to go back to things that have been studied. And so it's not surprising to me when I started to do some more research into recent studies that effort is the key to everything. There was a a study in uh, 2008 That found that strong relationships are emotionally supportive, open, involved, and focused on the needs of each other. And I think that last element is so important because I think oftentimes in our relationships, oftentimes we show up in a way that, what do I need? What do I need? What am I missing? What do I need to feel better in this situation? What are they not giving to me? But we're not often thinking what does my partner need? What do they think in this situation? And we're going to get into more about really pragmatic ways that we can start to focus on that. There's a 2011 study that found that couples that are in high quality relationships evaluate their behavior, right? Self-awareness is everything. So often we're just on autopilot. We're not paying attention to how we show up. We're not paying attention to our relationship past we are in one and we know it exists but we're not evaluating our behavior so high quality relationships are constantly evaluating their behavior they're setting goals and they're making changes i did a video the other day that that went pretty pretty high on tiktok and instagram talking about complacency complacency is a relationship killer whether we're in professional relationships or personal relationships complacency means i am not invested. I am here. I am in the room. I am at the table, but I am not speaking. I am not invested in this relationship anymore. And if we get to that complacency, that is a low quality relationship. It doesn't mean that we can't turn it around and make it high quality again. But in that moment, we have a problem because we need to understand how we need to pivot again, we can only control our own behaviors. Our own behaviors will then help to twist and turn and change even people who are not involved in that process. But we can't control their behaviors. We can't control how they show up. We can only control ourselves. So if we come to the table and we say, I'm willing to evaluate my behavior. I'm willing to make changes. I'm willing to understand that I don't know everything. Glenn said yesterday, I think it was yesterday. I'm like i on here so often. I'm like, everything kind of blends together in this brilliance. But was talking about in your 30s, you feel like you know everything. But by the time you get to your 40s, you realize you know nothing. And that's honestly the best way to show up in a relationship is understanding that we do not know everything. And the way that we do things now may not be the way that we need to do things to have a powerful relationship, to have a real connection, to have a better friendship, to have a better professional relationship, to have a better romantic relationship. And the last study that I found that really, really made an impact on me, they studied all the different types of relationships so they were studying first marriages, cohabitation, second marriages, and then cohabitation uh, after a first marriage. And so they were studying effort and how much an individual or a couple works at their relationship. And they found, not surprisingly, that effort was directly correlated to higher levels of relationship quality. And it didn't matter regarding the, the type of union it was, but it was interesting that it was most strongly associated with satisfaction in a first marriage, which means I think back to, listen, I, I was married before. And it was a lot that I've talked about in, in other rooms. And I'm definitely, we will get back into it uh, again. This is not the the time or place for it at the moment. But if we look at first marriages and we look at the divorce rate, so much can be resolved with effort, and it has to be mutual. But I think to so many people that I've worked with and talked to about how effort made the difference, about how not quitting made the difference, and there is always going to be caveats, but I can't even tell you how many cases it it was effort that was there or effort that was not there that then resulted in a relationship sustaining or ending. So if we know that effort does this, if we know that effort is the reason why people connect, it's, if it's the reason why a relationship becomes strong, we have to figure out how can we consciously make an effort? How can we determine today what effort I'm going to put into that relationship? Again, back to that question is, is there a relationship you'll regret not putting the effort into? And thinking of that person, thinking of that relationship, I want to get into three ways that you can put more effort into your relationships, consciously put them in, not on autopilot, not with complacency, and it's communication, consistency, and empathy. And we're going to break down what I actually mean by that, because these are words that are are brought out often. But I think they're very different in these cases, especially for the effort that we're talking about right now, especially if we want to create relationships that matter and that are in for the long haul. Communication, uh, I speak about often, communication is everything. Being able to communicate with someone is obviously an essential tool. And yes, you want to communicate and you want to put that effort in through communicating with whoever you are looking to build a significant relationship with but it's how we communicate that matters. And oftentimes people talk about it through semantics. They talk about the styles of communication. We have aggressive and assertive and passive aggressive. And we all know people with passive aggression and we understand that that is not how we wanna be. But communication to me is really far more energetic. And it's something that I talk about in my book a lot. It's actually the entire second part of it is how I believe the communication needs to be energetic in order to actually connect with someone, in order to actually put the effort in. Because we all know how it feels when someone is in front of you, but they're not in front of you. Anyone here have that experience? Flash your mics. If you've had a conversation with someone, you're like, I am talking and this person is talked (sighs) out. I like it. It's as if you're you're having dinner with a teenager on a Saturday night and, you know, they want to be anywhere else. A story that that I included in my book was with my daughter. So I have an 11 year old girl and this was in the beginning of quarantine and so we are spending a lot of time together <laughs> obviously we have we have never spent so much time mama is normally on a plane every other week and uh, there's a lot of breaking uh, you know breaks in between and breaks for her too cuz i'm a lot and so we're sitting on the couch and we're watching i think it was the lego movie like number 5 i think there's only two but we're watching lego 2 and she's already seen it a bunch of times she's reciting the words but she's still laughing She's still fully into the movie. And we both have our hands in the popcorn. And what I'm doing is with my left hand, I'm scrolling Amazon and I'm checking out things that I don't need and I definitely don't need in two days. And she looks at me and she's got these enormous like brown chocolate eyes and she stares at me and she goes, mom, can you put the phone down and just spend some time with me and watch this movie? I felt like a knife went through my heart. I was like, my daughter is calling me out on things that I teach. She's calling me out on on what I preach here, which is communicating in a way that shows that we're here, that shows that we're present, that shows that someone's important. And so I put my phone down and I apologized and I watched the movie, which again, the movie itself was painful, but she is worthy of my effort and attention. And there are so many times where we could put that extra effort in just through our communication, the way that we show up in that moment with each other. We can communicate far more effectively and with more effort every time that we're in a situation where we are able to give someone our full presence. And this happens at conferences. Conferences are coming back. How often are we having a conversation? You're in front of someone, and then you see somebody in the corner of your eye, you're like, oh, I need to go talk to them. And then you have no idea what the person in front of you is saying anymore, because you've already checked out, and you're moving on to someone else. And I guarantee you, even without a word, even without a syllable, the person in front of you feels it. They feel it, they take it in, and they make a little check mark next to you. And I've seen it happen and I have done it. I am not here to just call people out. I am here to call myself out. I will be the first person to admit that I am flawed in every way. And that is one of the things I have done and I've felt it and I've gone, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Because that person in front of you is just as important of a connection as the person behind you and the person on the other side of the room who is still going to be there when you need to connect with them as well. So, we have to show up in a way that makes people feel like they matter. Half the effort in, or half of the effort that we put into our communication is just truly being there in front of someone. And it happens at home too. I know there are many of us that are addicted to Clubhouse, and I encourage that fully. There is 15 hours of programming in VWC, (laughs) and we want you in here for all of it but we also want you to connect with your people around you. And we have to be able to step away from our phone in order to do so. We have to be able to step away and say, you deserve my entire attention. And that's the minimal effort that we can put into that. Another element of communication is not just active listening, but what I call it in my book is curious listening. Curiosity. And I see my friend Rita here, and I know she is a big proponent of curiosity as well, calling her out right now. But curious listening is different. It is not just listening for the sake of I am paying attention It is listening for the sake that I am invested. How invested are you in the people that you speak to? And this applies to professional, personal, your friends, your romantic relationships, everybody can benefit from curiosity. Everybody can benefit from your curiosity, caring about them. Curiosity is caring. It's I care enough about who you are to ask questions that matter. I'm not just actively listening, I'm curious. I I have a friend and I think at this point she's become an acquaintance, but it would crack me up. So we would go for walks. We would take a 45 minute walk with our dogs. And I would start to time how much she spent talking about herself and then how much she actually asked about me. And my favorite one was, so 45 minutes, we are 35 minutes in and I've learned everything that's going on with her, which is great. I will listen and I'm asking questions. And then she finally asks me something about myself and I reply and then she brings it right back to herself. And I realized that it was just this most draining of situations. It was a draining friendship. And it actually resulted in me stepping away from it to protect my energy. But so often, we don't realize that we are the person that isn't making that other person feel like they are an actual part of that friendship or that relationship. We make it all about ourselves. And we don't recognize, because we're not putting ourselves into their shoes, of how that affects them of how that affects us as a relationship, as a friendship. It's the same thing in professional settings. It's the same thing in romantic settings. Oftentimes people, when I go into corporations to speak, they're like, you're not going to talk about dating, right? And I was like, no, (laughs) I was a lawyer. I can pull it together if I need to. But the foundations are all the same. The foundations of relationships are universal and they matter on every level. Regardless of the type of relationship you're seeking to engage in. So, we have to be able to get curious. We have to encourage. The last element of communication and making that effort is using encouragement. I have people on this stage that are the biggest cheerleaders in my life. I see Donna, I see Rita, I'm afraid to scroll that I'll lose my internet access. I see Fanzo and Jen. They are. Oh Brad! Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. I just scrolled right past you, Brad. <laughs> I'm, like, oh I, I, see, I'm like afraid. I'm afraid to touch my phone. <laughs> but not to, and not to miss anybody. So I apologize. I missed you. But we have created this relationship where it is the most amazing encouragement. I did a segment on GMA3 yesterday for my book which I was super nervous and excited about. It was really, really a huge, huge moment for my book. And I posted it in our back chat. And my gosh, I started crying. I am not a crier, which you'd probably beg to differ hearing me tell my story this morning. But I am not a crier. But I was so impacted by the encouragement of these people in my life that just ooze love and support and encouragement without ego. And we need to start thinking about how can we do more of that? Because you know what that makes you feel? When you have someone in your life, professional, personal, romantic, someone in your life that encourages you, that communicates their encouragement around who you are and what you are capable of and what you do, it changes everything. It builds that relationship so much stronger. Because you feel it, it's that energy. It's that energy of that communication. It's bringing that energy in and it's strengthening that bond to a place that it becomes unbreakable. Think about professional situations when you were encouraged. Unfortunately, oftentimes in professional situations, we go back to those bosses that didn't, that didn't support you, that didn't encourage you. But that gives you that that stark contrast where you can remember all of the ones that did. I remember when I was in school, so I did my undergrad in Syracuse and I got an internship at an advertising agency. And part of why I had to get an internship, I had to get a paid internship because I had a child at the time. I had my son when I was a junior at Syracuse. I had him while I was home on a break, found out I was pregnant while studying abroad in London that's always a good time. Got to put the pint down and fly home. But I got home and I I stayed home for a semester. And then I decided, you know what? I am putting you on my back and we are going up to Syracuse and I'm finishing my degree where I started because I loved my school. And I was able to get an apartment that had two bedrooms and I was able to set up daycare. And my mom was gracious enough to come up every two weeks and make sure that I was eating something more than cheese and crackers, not to knock cheese and crackers, but cheese and crackers are not a solid diet, apparently. My son was always taken care of, but I always let myself go first. And I remember when I got this internship and I met with the person who was in charge, I just felt taken care of immediately. Cause she just understood my situation and I wasn't given it because I, I needed it. I was given it because I earned it. But even in that moment, I knew that I was going to be supportive. And to this day, she was still my most encouraging boss. And this is now 20 years ago. My son is now a junior at West Virginia university. It has been a minute and I will still remember sitting in her office and I still remember her words of encouragement saying, This was amazing. Wow, the way that you did this was awesome because there was no ego involved in it. There was no ego involved in the way that she showed up. There was nothing but her making sure that I felt seen and heard and taken care of. And I think oftentimes we try to remove that emotion, especially in the workplace, but we have to be able to connect with each other in a way that people feel taken care of. If you wanna have a loyal employee, if you wanna have a loyal relationship with someone, they have to feel taken care of. They have to feel connected with, they have to feel encouraged. And I'm remembering this moment, these moments in time, the lunches that we had, the conversations that we had, when I decided to leave that job and go to law school and move back to New Jersey, she was my biggest cheerleader. And that is a professional relationship where everything was around that effort and everything was around that encouragement. The second C in making an effort is consistency. Because it is one thing to show up once. It's one thing to to show up really big in a way or, or show up in the beginning of a relationship. I see oftentimes people put the most effort right in those beginning of the relationships. You call when you say you're going to call. You write when you say you're going to write. You make plans. You're consistent because you're trying to make a good impression. But impressions fade. If you step into a sand, if you step into sand, it's going to make an impression. But that sand is going to shift. And unless you consistently are stepping into that space, you're not making an actual lasting impression. So we have to be consistent. We can't show up at the gym one time and think that our entire body is going to change. Anybody who's really engaged in a workout routine, which I know many people on here are big fitness buffs, you know that it takes time for your body to change. You know it takes time for your body to adapt. And we're consistent with it, and then we see those changes. But we don't do the same thing in our relationships. We allow that complacency to come in. My dog knows that every single day he gets to go for a walk. And frankly, if I don't take, it, take him on that walk in the right time, because it's typically between 9 and 10 o'clock, I have a stand-in today, thankfully. If anybody's worried about Mac, he is A-okay. But always between 9 and 10 o'clock, he goes on a walk. That is consistency. It's a learned response. It's Pavlov's dog. It's my dog we have to become more consistent, not just with the big things, not just following up on things that you agree to do, but it's also the little things. How many people here really appreciate those little things that people do? And flash of the mics of people who appreciate little things that people do for them, because it's the little things that turn into big things. And if we are making effort, if we are consciously making effort in our relationships, it doesn't have to be these grandiose displays. It can absolutely be little things that build up over time. It's getting somebody a cup of coffee. It's calling when you say you're going to call. It's being thankful. It's all these little elements of consistency that start to build. It's a foundation that we can build of effort in a way that allows us to really actually create a relationship that can stand the test of time because we all know we're going to have ebbs and flows. But if the majority of the time you're consistent, they know what to expect and they rely on that and they trust in that. And that foundation gets built in a way that allows them to take a breath and not feel nervous and not feel anxious. And I want to do an entire room on attachment styles because that is a whole other thing that shows up in so many areas of our life, in so many areas of our relationships. We have to show up consistently. Part of the reason why I've successfully been doing TV for 10 years now is that when I show up on TV, you're going to get me. You're going to get the same person. They know that I'm I'm easy to work with. I am not a diva except to my family. I'm going to show up in a way that's appreciative. And hopefully, although there was that one time on Fox that I stumbled over my words, but hopefully my words will come out consistently. Okay. Not always perfect. I do stumble, but that is what they're able to bank on. And it's the same thing as we show up in our relationships. If we can show up consistently, we can allow the people in our lives to understand that we are worthy of their effort. And we can rely on that foundation of that relationship. The last element that I want to talk about today of, of effort is empathy. And empathy is kind of a big deal in my life. I'm a, I'm a big fan of talking about empathy in general. And we started to, to get into it before of just really being curious about people. Putting ourselves in another's posi- position, putting ourselves in another's shoes allows us to get more curious and see things from a different perspective because empathy is it's not that I feel sorry for you it's I feel you and if we are empathetic it is effort in itself if we think about the way others are impacted before we interact we can engage in a way that is far more impactful if we put ourselves in another's shoes before we reach out in a professional setting we can engage in a way that's far more powerful. I'm thinking right now of all the things that are going on in this country. Prayers for New Orleans and Louisiana right now that are going through some really tough things and unfortunately have gone through this before. If you are connecting with someone who is going through that, who is in that place or in that space, we need to recognize where they are in order to put enough effort in, to connect in a way that's meaningful and to connect in a way that will build an actual relationship. We oftentimes don't read the room. We are so focused on our own agendas. We're so focused on what do I need right now? What sale do I need? What deal do I have to close? What do I need from this friendship or this relationship? What do I need from my partner? And instead, we're not being empathetic to thinking first, what situation are they in? What are they feeling right now? What are they going through? And I think that's where in in my current relationship, it's not perfect. But my fiance and I are very self-aware. He is the most woke, unwoke person in the world. He doesn't recognize it. I talked about it in another room. As much as I am all about the woo and emotional intelligence and all of these elements of, you know, exploration and self-awareness, he would like to write a book called Push It Down. But he doesn't. Because in his essence, he is so focused on being empathetic with me. Before he makes a decision, Before he does something, he thinks, how does this affect Rachel? How does that affect her? How will she feel if I choose to do X, Y, Z? And a lot of times it's in business, it's in personal. And it doesn't mean that there's a restriction there. It just means we take into account each other's feelings. And I do the same thing with him. I'm so focused on, I want to make sure that he feels loved and supported and will always feel my highest self in our relationship. And sometimes that takes effort. I was a brat yesterday. I wanted to celebrate my GMA3 thing. I wanted to celebrate all these these things that were going on. And he had buddies coming up and he just had a fantasy football weekend and was away. So I, I needed some time. With him, and then he had some buddies come out from college uh, that are all in the football. I don't, I don't even know. I'm, I'm the least uh, (laughs) sports-minded person in the world. So he had another night out, and I was like, No, I need time. And I had to think, Rachel, this man gives everything for you. You're going to take a beat, and you're going to understand that this is something he needs right now. And you're going to be self-aware of your position to know that you can show up in a different way, and you can show up in support, and you know that you're going to get the rest of the week, every single night, full attention. And it's really about taking that beat and understanding where they are coming from, what they're going through, what they need before we show up in a way that feels like we're railroading the situation. So putting ourselves in the place of others in every relationship can make such an enormous impact. So I want to open up for questions and contributions in a second. But before that, I just want to give, there is a caveat to all of this. And I'm going to, I'm going to hear and feel all of those who feel like they always put the effort in. And I've been there. Flash of mic if, if you've ever been in a one-sided relationship, it could be friendship. It could be professional. It could be romantic. If you've ever had one of those one-sided relationships where you are like, I am doing everything here. I am doing everything in my power to show up in a way that this relationship can feel sustained, that this foundation can continue to build, and I am getting nothing in return. And I feel you, and I hear you on that. I feel you, and I hear you. And I just want to say that there are times when relationships, professional, personal, romantic, are not meant to be forever. You are worthy of All the effort that we're talking about putting into another relationship, you are worthy of receiving that effort as well. You are worthy of accepting all of that communication, all of that presence, all of that energy from another person. You are worthy of someone showing up consistently for you, someone who does those little things. You are worthy of someone who does take your feelings into account. And yes, feelings matter in the workplace, and professional relationships. I've received emails at the worst times, and then I've explained to them that whatever personal thing was happening, whether it was something with a child, typically it's a child, and I know when they don't care. And that will kill a professional relationship for me. That will kill that connection. I place so much value on people who appreciate and place value on my family. And that is absolutely an, and such an important element to remember is that you are in control of this as well. So if you are in a situation where you feel like you've been in a one-sided relationship, I just want to embrace and give you that, that hug, that knowledge that you deserve to have everything returned to you that we were talking about today. So I'd love to just open this up. If someone has had something, maybe there was something that impacted them so much. Maybe there was a situation where someone went above and beyond and put that effort in, in a relationship. I'd love to just share. And if someone has questions open to that too, but thank you uh, for being here. Thank you for being here with me and thank you for inviting me on this stage. Breakfast with champions is just amazing. So if you aren't following the club, Click it right above uh, Sarah, Glenn, and Dr. Rowe. There's a little green house up there. Click that club so you don't miss any of this. Because 15 hours a day, we are in here giving as much service as possible to everyone on this app.
3: Rachel, this is Sarah. Will you? Um, I would love to say something to you. So first, will you tell people uh, what's happening on September 9th, or uh, or did you forget? <laughs> I am so good at this. Uh,
1: I have a book called Relatable, How to Connect with Anyone, Anywhere, Even if It Scares You, which is specially written for uh, millennials and Gen Zs uh, with social anxiety and confidence challenges. Uh, and it's coming out September 7th. And then Oops. we are hosting, uh, Donna and Rita right here are hosting a book launch room on September 9th. So it is going and to be- And we're
0: doing an interview Oh
1: my God, before. Susie! I told you I'm afraid to scroll, I'm afraid to break my internet.
0: (laughs) Don't worry, I'll say it for you. I actually stopped my run. I'm gonna have the privilege of interviewing Rachel about her book from the five to six hour on September 9th. It's my husband's birthday and I was like, oh no, gotta do this interview first, baby. And he is so into supporting authors, he was like, yes, absolutely. We're doing the interview and uh, then she's agreed to Q&A. So you can come and bring your questions to the relationship expert and i'm honored to have yes and i know of another interview
3: glenn did i see you on mic we're going to get all rachel all the time in september it's going to be a rachel takeover (laughs) he didn't but we are also going to have the privilege of interviewing rachel again in Breakfast with champions so um i love that if you don't have a chance to answer your questions today you're going to have lots of opportunities to um, Rachel, I just wanna thank you so much for stepping in at the last minute and just blessing us with your knowledge um, this hour. I've never heard that before, curious listening and thinking of it as an investment. I really like that. Uh, I ordered my copy of Relatable. I can't wait and I'm just super grateful for you. I'm done speaking. Thank you, my
2: love. I would like to say something. This is Gospel Gwen. I would love to hear it going to find you <laughs> thank you so much for sharing i hope you found me by now and gotcha. uh, when i was listening to you and i see the title of your book relatable relatable is a name that we should be able to relate to and i started to think about the relationships in my life and the most influential relationship of, of my life was with my grandmother. And I remember that relationship, and I just want to share a little bit of what she taught me in our relationship by her example. And. I remember going through a really rough time. Sometimes when you're in relationships, things don't work out. You know, I've been married for many years, have grown children. And sometimes people, especially millennials, think it's the end of the world when things don't work out the way they think they should. And during this time, I was going through a rough time. And I remember calling my grandma, because, you know, you just want to feel supported when you're going through a rough time and she was such a woman of wisdom i came to her and i said to her what was going on and she said to me something i did not expect i said to her grandma you're supposed to be on my side and my grandmother said to me i'm on the side of what's right and that one thing that she said to me even though I went on to maybe I didn't speak to her a while maybe you know I wasn't feeling good about it at the time but she taught me such a valuable lesson that I even use now today with my family and my friends I'm never um, afraid to sell someone or tell someone the truth about themselves and a particular situation, because I realized that my relationship with them and the love that I have with them is more important than just telling them what they want to hear. I'm I grateful that. for relationship because it allows me to be authentic when I'm sharing the truth with others. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. Yes. And I love, uh, you know, just recognizing those powerful relationships in our life. And, and they come from so many different angles. And sometimes, you know, you take a minute to just understand and reflect. And, and it might not be that initial person that you you think of. We always think of that immediate right around us uh, circle of influence. But there's so many different influences and there's so many different impacts.
3: I think I saw someone else just on mic. Uh, Donald? Hey, Rachel. Um, So I was listening to this segment. It was so amazing. Um, I wish I could be taking notes. I was at the gym, but I was listening so intently because so much of what you talk about, I think applies to every single one of us. It's so relatable. And so what I was thinking about is the the idea of empathy, because that comes up a lot in my life. I find myself very empathetic to others. And it's a struggle. Sometimes it's like sometimes almost a negative thing in certain relationships. I don't know if you ever feel that it, it could be like too, you could have too much empathy that it maybe, uh, you know, you almost put yourself behind in certain relationships. What do you do if you are someone that is highly empathetic and you are I'm not talking about me by any chance married to someone that's not. And I'm not talking about (laughs) me. I'm asking for that friend of mine that just jumped into my car and asked me to ask you.
1: I would say your friend uh, should really just focus on the boundaries of their empathy because there is there can be empathy to excess. And then empathy can become detrimental if you are constantly putting yourself in another person's shoes. You still have to wear your shoes. So you can try those other shoes on, you can see how they feel, you can see how they move, but then you got to put your own shoes back on. And I think part of what we what we fail to do sometimes is to put our own shoes back on and to create those boundaries and also expression, uh, radical expression, letting people know. I'm going to plug my one of my friends, uh, Andrea Owen, I don't know If anyone knows her here, she has a book coming out today called Make Some Noise, and it's all about expressing yourself and expressing what you need and expressing those boundaries as well. Because oftentimes there are people in our life that will take advantage of your empathy. They'll take advantage because guess what? It feels good to be thought of so much. It feels good to have somebody think about your feelings and your emotions to, to the excess, because it puts you on that, that pedestal. It puts you in a place of, of a spotlight and unfortunately if it's not reciprocated all the time and sometimes it's not even conscious it's like oh my gosh the, the light is on me uh, and I'm I'm not even realizing that somebody else is in the shadow and so you have to be able to express yourself in a way that says you know I want to think about you all the time and I want to put myself in your position but I also need that in return and we are all worthy of that as well so that's what I would tell your friend
3: I'm going to tell her yeah. <laughs> Ra-
2: <Rachel. laughs> Rachel, Lou Diamond here. Hey, Lou. So I loved how you nailed this whole piece here that that connection begins at that very point of conversation. And I think that's such a great way of nailing it down, that that's where it all starts and having that conversation and just addressing it. So kudos to you for bringing that up. And thanks for enlightening us this morning and uh, great to hear your voice.
1: Aw, thank you, Lou. I appreciate you. Lou is a perfect example of a connection that I made recently back in July at the NSA conference, and it was someone who you just connect with, and I did his podcast, and you build that relationship over time, and and you put the effort in, and it's just so impactful and so important. So thank you for being here.
2: Rachel. Yes, sir. Hey,
0: this is Ramon Ray. I just hey, wanted to Ramone. say, I'm a friend of Lou's too. It's amazing how Breakfast with Champions is bringing together different people, but we're all champions of Lou. So I just had to echo my
2: buddy Lou Diamond, amazing podcaster.
1: He really is. Really is epic.
2: I got a lot of fans and guests in this room here, all around. Just keep smiling. Oh, <laughs> I
1: love it. I love it. I love it. All right. I got about five minutes left. So if one or two more people want to share, fans, hey. I just saw you on might.
0: Yeah, great job, Rachel. Uh, and
1: you
2: crushed yesterday's segment on uh, Good Morning America. Uh, kudos to you taking the spotlight and owning it. That was pretty awesome to watch. I told you in the back channel. I watched once cheering you on and watched the second time uh, taking notes. And I loved, you brought up loyalty and like the creation of loyalty and the role of loyalty. And I don't hear that talked very often in the sense of it being something that we have to be conscious about in our relationships curious how like when you think about that from like something we can activate on what would you advise us on that idea of not only creating loyalty but also being loyal uh to those that are around us
1: oh my gosh you're going to give me that in 4 minutes left
2: <laughs> no pressure no pressure
1: no pressure you know i think i think i you know it's so funny you mentioned i think yesterday i was like oh my gosh i do say that often um but with loyalty it, it's earned There's nobody here that's been loyal to someone unless it's earned, especially in professional settings, which I I think of it often because I think that's where loyalty is, is so frequently missing. And it's because there isn't that reciprocity. If we want people to be loyal to them, we have to take care of them. If we want people to be loyal to, to us, it, we have to understand that we are coming in as full-bodied humans with emotions and elements beyond our workplace and beyond that that, that situation in front of us. So really understanding that how we show up and what effort we put in is going to create that, and that can come from investment in your employees, investment in their uh, their professional development. There was a study recently where people were were saying they're they're craving development and they're craving situations in their workplace where they have the ability not only to evolve as a professional but evolve as a human, and they're craving those interactions. We we need to start looking at work and life as not so separate, especially now that we're creating so many work from home and, and hybrid environments, we're not separating that. And so we have to look at it as as a unit versus uh, separating it out. So how can we engage that in a way that makes them feel supported and seen and heard? Because people who are seen and heard, I think the statistic, I, I, I'm i pretty sure it's on my website, so I should know this, but it was, they're 4.6 times more likely uh, to They're 4.6 times more productive if they're seen and heard. So when we say seen and heard, people are like, yes, you're talking about dating and, and romantic relationships again. No, I'm not. I'm talking about every relationship. So creating loyalty is all about what are you filling their tank with? What are you putting into their position to make them feel like they are being taken care of? And then the the reverse is also true. What makes us loyal to other people is receiving that. And that's kind of what we were just talking about with with Donna and her question is, it's one thing to to put all that effort in, but it's another to also receive it. And when you are on the receiving end of things, then you are able to engage in a way that makes you feel loyal. You know, there are people on the stage that I would take a, a very small bullet for. I, I really don't want a bullet, but I would take it for them because I love them. And uh, it's it's because of that reciprocity and I think reciprocity is really this element that that needs to be understood and we can also begin to engage it
3: thank you for joining us on breakfast with champions if you want to catch the live version you can follow us on clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m to 11 a.m eastern time monday through friday saturday six to noon and sundays with our 111 sunday service make sure you're keeping up with breakfast with champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.